is the Lombardi Line. Good morning on a Sunday. We say hi. Hope you're having a good day. I'm Patrick Maher, live from the VEASAN studios here at the South Point. Michael Lombardi, you see him? There he is, hanging out in Jersey. Hi, Michael. Good morning. Good morning, Patrick. How are you today, huh? I'm doing great, man. How was your Saturday? Good, good. Great. Loved watching the race. I mean, Rombauer, wow, I love that determination. Uh, watching, watching that race and the way... Ron Bauer took over that race towards the down the stretch. It was really impressive. I mean, what a horse. I mean, the speed and the determination and poor Midnight Bourbon. It looked like he was running in quicksand yeah. there for a while. You know, he just couldn't get it going. It's just like he ran out of gas. And uh, Ron Bauer, wow, what a surprise. What a great ride. Went off as an 11-to-1 dog, obviously. 11-to-1 sprung the upset. It's called a turn of foot. They call that, that late acceleration, Michael. The ability to accelerate quickly a turn of foot. And that was visually impressive wasn't it because when he went it turn of foot when he went by and think about this the next race is the Belmont Stakes which is a mile and a half which essentially you add about four football fields to what you just watched the reason I bring that up is because your future handicapping here didn't he look like he had a lot of run left in him the way that he was running he, did. he didn't tire at all he did, and you know maybe Midnight Bourbon, if he runs the the Belmont, he he won't start as fast. But it looked like Medina Spirit and and Midnight Bourbon just literally they ran out of gas. I mean they just literally tired. They looked like they were tired at the end of that race, and uh, you know crowded trance. I, I never that what did he finish in last place or second to last place? And everybody thought he had a chance to really yeah. make a run for this. So yeah. it was a great race. I think Rombauer showed a lot of heart, a lot of character. You know I I listened to the owner of Ron Bauer after the race and he said did you think you could win and they he said well I didn't think I could win but I thought he would run his best race I just didn't think his best race would be good enough and obviously it was yeah 12 to 1 some had a listen he was again Medina Spirit and Midnight Bourbon on the rail there and he ends up winning by three and a half lengths we mentioned the the race that was a mile and three sixteenths so the triple crown the Kentucky Derby won and then two, the shortest race of the three is the Preakness Stakes, which you saw yesterday, which is about a half a furlong shorter than the Kentucky Derby. And then we go to a mile and a half. The reason you see sometimes traders not want to run their horses unless they're you know, racing for a triple crown or they're born or bred to go long, Michael, in the Belmont, is they're never going to run a mile and a half race in their lives. Like That's the longest they're yeah. going to run in three weeks is the Belmont stakes at a mile and a half. But you just nailed it with his impressive late kick. I just think that the, this is a horse to look out for in the Belmont stakes, just the way he ran. Why was why did the Belmont why did the Preakness and the Derby back up so closely? Why did we not have a normal three week break there? That was that the the way that it's set up, like now in modern day racing, you're never gonna see horses generally horses will run six weeks out. So back in the day they'd run every single week. Right. And so with yeah. the advent of knowledge and training and understanding what's good for the horse, load management, load, load management, management for the yeah, horse. You know, like yesterday, you, you have to understand a lot of them are Kyrie's, <laughs> but yeah. all kidding aside, I get it. The betterment of the horses, they've stretched out the time in between races. So you'll see horses generally run these good horses six weeks in between. And uh, but two weeks in between the Kentucky Derby and the Preakness and three weeks in the Belmont. We'll come back and discuss it. But first, here's an action update. 
This is Brent Musburger, and here is your VSIN action update. Now, here are the latest lines from my guys in the desert. The sixth and final guaranteed playoff spot in the Western Conference on the line of the final day of the regular season of the NBA. The Trailblazers, with a win at home over Denver, will lock up the number six seed. Trailblazers, the eight and a half point home favorite, 230 and a half the total at Moda Center. With a loss and a Lakers win, the Lakers will secure the number six seed. They're laying 11 at the Pelicans, 223 and a half the total. The Celtics plus eight and a half at the Knicks. Bucks three and a half point road favorites at the Bulls. NHL playoffs today. Penguins at other 40 home ice favorite against the Islanders. VGK laying a dollar 65 at home against Minnesota. Be sure to check out our new betting splits feature on vcin.com before you place your next bet every day. We're posting the latest splits for games at current odds and what percentage of bets and money being placed on each game. Go to vcin.com and check out the betting splits plus live odds, line moves, and game analysis. Makes vcin.com the best place to visit before your next bet. With your action update, I'm Mike Senna. Get the latest VSIN odds at VSIN.com. And remember, cash and tickets is what it's all about. Okay, good morning to you. We welcome you in. Marquis, Nesson, welcome. This is the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. I'm Patrick Maher, live from the VEASAN studios here at the South Point. I was still chuckling about the horses and load management. We, it is, it is yeah. beneficial. You and I are animal lovers, so we, we, we like the benefits from racing these, you know, spreading out the races. But we laugh about, because I was laughing, Kyrie Irving said, by the way, he's not focused on basketball right now. Why would he be focused? We're headed to the postseason. He said there's a lot a lot of things going on overseas. All of our people are still in bondage across the world. The, the quote, whether you want to agree or disagree, is a little wild. Uh, but he's not overly focused on basketball right now. And this would be a bad time to focus because it's the final day of the regular season. And we're going to head to the postseason. So why focus now? Yeah. Good thing Rombauer was know, focused yeah. on the Preakness Stakes. I love that. Uh, you know, those horses are just magnificent to watch run. I, I was this morning. I was in here. I was. I went back and started watching Secretariat when, when he ran the Belmont, and you know, and and I and the horse that he was supposed to be able to beat him that beat him in the in the Wood Memorial, uh, that he ended up beating by 25 lengths in the Belmont. I mean, just. Just unbelievable, the power. And I think we miss a little bit because we think they're just all competitive. But I thought Rombauer demonstrated a competitiveness that, you know, you can see in some teams, you can see in individuals, you obviously see in the horses. They're bred for that competitive fiber. And some horses just don't match the challenge. And I think Rombauer did. It was That's the fun part about watching these races is to see the competitiveness, understand the story. I thought the Medina spirit, the woman who sold her for $1,000, that was one of the great stories great. of all time. She came running down there to kiss that horse and hug him and, you know, really was like one of his one of her children. I mean, it was really remarkable how attached she got to that horse. And she knew that horse was going to be special. Unfortunately, because of a divorce, she had to sell it for $1,000. So it's a, it's a great sport. I just hope we can clear it up in terms of understanding what what the uh, the the drugs that are going into these horses and why they are doing all that. Well, you know, I, it's funny you bring that up because I got into the sport about a decade ago, and it is an existential issue 
being into the sport because if you care about animals, you never want them to be endangered in any way. But what you just mentioned, Michael, is why I got into the sport. There's so much that goes into this familially with the families, the breeding, the teams that get together. There's just such a backstory. You're a big documentary guy. The backstories yeah. behind a lot of these farms and the, and the families and the ownership groups are so interesting to me that I just got hooked on the sport and then the existential issue of the, the safety of the horses. So that is always, yeah. it's, it's a conundrum. And a, and a shout out to Thomas Gable yesterday. He mentioned Ron Bauer, you know, and in, in our, in our conversation of, of the, all the analysts that we had on uh, prior to the race, nobody really mentioned Ron Bauer. Everybody thought it was a bad field and that, you know, there was about three or four good horses in it. And Ron Bauer proved to be everybody wrong, which is great. You know, and I think that's the unpredictability of, of horse racing just like the unpredictability of, of football. I think that's why the schedule is so much fun to look at because everybody thinks the schedule is going to go one way and then the unpredictability of the schedule turns it a completely different way. Like we're all talking about the Patriots playing in week four of the, of the Bucks, and there's probably going to be a game in November, December that's going to be more meaningful than that game that we're not even talking about. And that's what you love about it. Rombauer emerges, some game emerges. I think that's what sports is all about. Yeah, and you mentioned Secretariat, the track record, of course. Rombauer was just .63 seconds off of Secretariat's time in 73, I believe it was. So wow. a very fast Rombauer in the Preakness Stakes as well. So a wonderful race, and three weeks from now we'll get set up for the Belmont Stakes. I, I don't know if you're prepared, but it is the final day. It is the final. I'm I got not up, prepared. Dude, for honestly, that. I got up 45 minutes earlier than I normally do to come up with the scenarios for the, play, for the games today <laughs> I, I have... in the NBA. It is fast. I shook my head. It is I shook my head when I saw that that Boston is an eight and a half point dog to the Knicks today. Because Boston, like, they, they have nothing to play for. They're locked in at seven, so they can't. Whatever happens to the Celtics, they can't go. They can't move from seven. So they're going to be in the play-in. They're going to host the play-in game at seven. That's the reason. And when is that play-in game? So when is that play-in? Tuesday, game? the eighteenth, coming up this Tuesday. So it's so they would take this game off and rest their yes. players. Yes. I mean, the 76ers injury report tonight, I think, has 15 players on it from both teams. I mean, it's re so that line is eight and a half for that. Line, what is it, 12? Can, is I, that explain line 12? To, can I explain to you why? Because I, I know, Michael, it's Please, so Please feel free. Okay. So yesterday, the Knicks beat Charlotte 118 109 in overtime, and the Heat right. lost to Milwaukee. In doing so, the Knicks now control their ability to have a home court advantage in round one and clinch the four seed with a win today against, as you mentioned, the Boston Celtics. They're playing the Celtics. Boston locked in at seven. So the Knicks are laying 12 because they have everything to play for today, and the Celtics have absolutely nothing to play for today. So the Celtics will rest looking ahead to Tuesday. The Knicks need it to clinch home court in the first round. That is why. And and I'm telling you, if Philadelphia can can send any players to the Knicks today, they should because they need the Knicks to win this one because if they can get if they can keep Miami out of it and I don't know what happened to Miami against Milwaukee yesterday, but they got smoked, Patrick. That was a smoke job. And that was another line that was weird. That was five and a half. Miami was a five and a half favorite when we opened the show yesterday. And it ended up going down to three. There was some steam on Milwaukee, obviously. And Milwaukee dominated. I mean, it was unbelievable. And that really benefited Philadelphia because Philadelphia, to have their bracket consisting of, you know, whether it's whether it's uh, 
Charlotte, whether it's the whoever the eighth seed is, whatever that comes out to be, whether it's the, <laughs> you know, is it Charlotte, is it Washington, is it Indiana, whoever that is, right? Yeah. Then for them, yeah. Did that line flip? Wait a minute. That we when we were on the air, it was Miami was favorite, right? Uh, when we were on the air yesterday, Miami, Miami was, favored. was favored. Miami was favored. Then the Bucks actually see now. Here's where you stand. Philadelphia won. Okay, let's just get to we'll get to Milwaukee. Philadelphia won. They clinched that number one seed. Brooklyn. They played everybody yesterday because they wanted to clinch the two seed. They do indeed win yesterday. So now if they win today against the Cavs, Brooklyn's three. Milwaukee still had a chance to jump up to two. So then that number flipped yesterday. Milwaukee does win. They do cover. No, they don't cover the four and a half. But Milwaukee, essentially with Miami losing to Milwaukee, Miami guaranteed they're going to be playing Milwaukee in the first round of the postseason at Milwaukee. Yeah, wow. (laughs) And Miami can't, if Miami beats, if Miami beats Indiana today and the Knicks lose, Miami has the tiebreaker over the Knicks. If Miami, the Knicks have to lose to Boston, the Atlanta Hawks are playing the Rockets today. If the, if the Knicks and the, and the Hawks beat the Rockets and the Celtics respectively, they're four or five. Okay. Yeah. And, and, jo- and Josh Applebaum text Butler went, Butler went out. That line shifted. The heat don't really so have Butler- anything to put. Yeah. The, when Butler went out yesterday, that line completely jumped the other way. And then now, if you look at it, the heat with the loss yesterday, essentially they're banking on the Knicks losing to the Celtics. That's not going to happen. The Celtics are going to rest everybody today. And they're banking on the Hawks losing to the Rockets. That's just not going to happen. So 4-5 is going to be Knicks-Hawks. I believe the Hawks hosting the Knicks. And the Heat are going to go to Milwaukee to play the three seed in the first round. Well, let's hope that's right. If you're a Philadelphia 76er fan, you'd much rather see that bracket than you would see. Because that bracket of Milwaukee, Miami, Brooklyn, and, you know, Boston, that's really, that's the best bracket right there. I mean, think about it. You know, the the nice seed in the West is 38 and 33. You know, the nice seed in the East is 33 and 38. The tenth seed is thirty-three and thirty-eight. Now that's the tenth seed in the West, but there's a lot stronger teams in that in that West than there are in the East. And and really, I know the Knicks have had a great season, and Atlanta's had a great season as well with Nate McMillan coming in doing a wonderful job. But you know, if you're Philadelphia, that bracket's a lot more uh, exciting for you to play than it would be to have Miami in there. Well, let's figure out who your Philadelphia 76ers are going to play. So, of course, they'll play the 9-10 play-in winner because they're the one seed. However, the play-in is yet to be figured out on the last day of the regular season because the Wizards and the Charlotte Hornets will play today. The winner of the Charlotte Hornets-Wizards matchup will end up being the eight seed. Okay? So, then then the loser, obviously, 9-10. Indiana is locked in there at 10. So, you know, really, I mean, Charlotte could be the eighth seed. Uh, Boston, if they beat Boston, Washington can't be anything Charlotte, but the seventh seed. Right. And, but they have to win to get in. No, Boston. They have can, to win to get. Well, Boston has to win, obviously, to get into the postseason, the playing game. But Boston, no matter what happens today, they're going to host the playing game on Tuesday as the seventh seed. Right. But say Boston loses to Charlotte, Patrick. 
Say they play Charlotte in the 7-8 seed. They lose. Charlotte automatically goes oh, yeah. and becomes the 7th seed. Yeah. Right now, they've got to play. They have to play the winner of Washington, Indiana. And then if they win that game, then they go to Philly. Exactly. If Boston, who will be hosting Charlotte or Washington in the playing game on Tuesday, if they lose that game, they then go and play the winner of the 9-10 playing right. game. Which magnifies your point about today. So they really, Boston really needs to rest their guys and be 100%, 100%. healthy for the Tuesday night game because that really means everything to them to get the seventh seed and not having to play extra games. Yeah, this exactly. makes no, today game makes no difference for them. Not, not they just all. need to get this game over. So that's a really good point to understand because, you know, they still, if they lose, if they lose that they're not out of the playoffs, they could end up being the eighth seed, but it's a longer road and more games to play. So that's why the significance of rest and get ready and beat whomever the eighth seed is to figure to go then go play Brooklyn. That's why your, your chuckle when you saw the Knicks number today hosting Boston is understandable. Yeah. But the more you think about it, Boston is literally going to be going through the motions today because it, it, even they're back. Like they don't want anybody being taxed or injured today because everything comes down to Tuesday for them. So they don't have to play a second playing game. They're going to be hosting the playing game on, on Tuesday. So that's the Boston yeah. Celtics who are seven. So a lot can and happen. So now we know this. Yeah. All right. Here. So let's go over it. Tatum's out. Kemba Walker's out. We know Jalen Brown's out. Fournier's out. Tristan Thompson's out, Smart's out, Robert Williams is out. Yep, and they're catching 12, and there's no reason to believe even, I mean, they're just going to sit everybody. And, yep. So, yeah, that the, is the, the Knicks have, And the Knicks are, Knicks are at full strength. The Knicks I mean, are, Mike, yes. Mitchell Robinson has got a foot. He's injured. I don't know if he's going to play today. Derek Rose has got an ankle, but he's active, so. The Knicks have everything to play for because they can still get the four seed. It most likely the Knicks and the Hawks are going to be your first round matchup at four or five. We just talked about the Celtics; they're going to be in the play-in. The 76ers are going to play the winner of the 9-10 play-in game. But what we do know, which is most interesting coming out of yesterday, is your first round matchup is going to be the Bucks hosting the Heat, which is a great matchup. Yeah, that'll be a great matchup. And and if Coach Bud doesn't win that matchup, watch out. Butler now Butler's questionable tonight with a back. I wonder if they'll play him knowing they really once so I think as betters we need to really pay attention to this. If the Knicks win then that Detroit line, you might want to jump all over that Detroit line because that line is going to shift dramatically because I would assume Miami's going to retreat and yes. not play anybody in that game. 100% because the Heat know that if the Knicks beat the Celtics, you just mentioned the Celtics aren't playing anybody, that Robert Parrish may come back and try to get in the game. And then, <laughs> and then also the Hawks, I'm pretty sure the Hawks are going to beat a Houston team that's already at Club Med. So the yeah. Hawks, so the Heat can't, the Heat control nothing of their own is the best way of looking at it. Right. So. Right. And what's that line for that game? I have it here today. I mean, some of these lines are, it's interesting, Patrick. A lot of books aren't putting lines out. It's a, it, it is right now we have it as uh, Miami's minus five, but I think that's going to flip. I think that'll flip. That one's a late game. Remember, they're going to eight o'clock. That'll gonna, flip. Yeah, that'll flip. They're going to know that, what's that'll up. end up being that'll end up being the Pistons will end up being favored in this game. I by the time, it, depending on what happens with Boston, New York, that'll be a that'll be opportunity for you as a better. To, to take advantage That's of it. Right. I mean, right now you don't. You right now you might want to take the Pistons because you're getting five. 
because sooner or later, and hedge it, because sooner or later, if the Knicks cover do their business, that you're, you're going to end up, the Pistons will end up being a favor. 100%. The game's going to become inconsequential for the Heat. That's a great point by Michael. You, you may want to jump on and, t- and take the plus five with the Pistons right now, because by the time that game tips, it's going to become inconsequential for the team lane five. So good job out of you. Good job out of Josh with the Butler news from yesterday. That's why that line flipped. And yes, a lot of books are sheepish right now as far as these numbers, which we understand. Now, the West, if you thought the East was confusing, how about the yeah. West? Because I was, <laughs> I was cramming the West. The West is actually a little bit uh, less yeah. confusing than the East. In fact, we got about a minute here, and we'll continue with the conversation. What The, the fascinating part. It, it starts part, with Portland, right? It just starts with Portland. If Portland takes care of business today, then it's all over, right? Well, actually, Denver at three is the most fascinating. So Denver plays Portland. If they beat them, they play the Lakers. Do you think Denver wants to play the Lakers in, in round one? No. no, they don't. So they're going to throw the game. Uh, because, again, if they beat Portland, it helps the Lakers. The Lakers, all they would have to do is win today, and the Lakers jump up <laughs> to six. So, again, Denver has no inspiration and no reason to win a basketball game today. That when we come back, we'll that, throw up the line. But do you see what I'm saying? Like, they, if they win, essentially, they're going to play the Lakers in round one. They don't want that to happen. So when we come back, we'll throw up the number for the Nuggets and the Portland Trailblazers today. Hope you got all that. It was just easier to talk about Ron Bauer. What a hell of a run. What a hell of a race. When we come back, the Nuggets, remember, they're playing Portland today. What's the number? You'll find out. They don't want to beat Portland. That would be bad. It's the Lombardi line on a Sunday. Right now, BetMGM has all your favorite wagering options along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials. Bring your state-issued ID to any MGM casino or property on the Strip. You're going to be ready to bet within minutes. Okay, Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years or older, physically located in Nevada. Please call 1-800-522-4700 if you have a gambling problem. He's Michael Lombardi. I'm Patrick Maher. We're talking about the last day of the NBA, which is today as we get closer to it's the last day of school, Patrick. Everybody's playing hooky today. Everybody, it's well, the last day of school. Nobody's showing up, huh? We just talked about the East. My gosh, the West. So remember on Friday night when the Rockets beat the Clippers and the Clippers sat everybody. By right. li- I'll just to very much simplify this. When the, when the Clippers lost to the Rockets Friday night, they guaranteed that no matter what happens moving forward, they wouldn't play the Lakers in round one. The reason the Clippers lost on Friday night to the Rockets is to guarantee themselves they wouldn't face the Lakers. Okay? So, the Nuggets right now are going to play the Trailblazers today. That number, I believe, is, what do we have on that? Ten and a half with the Trailblazers laying it? Because... (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, they know there it the, is. They know that it's a retreat mode on the Nuggets. It, it, it's completely a retreat mode on the Nuggets because, as I mentioned, if they beat the Nugget, if the Nuggets beat the Blazers today, they play the Lakers. Because if the Lakers right. beat New Orleans, which they have no incentive to lose, the Lakers today have no incentive to lose. Betters understand that, okay? And if the Lakers beat New Orleans today and the Nuggets beat the Blazers, the Nuggets put themselves in a position where they play the Lakers in round one. Right. And so Portland wants to win. They get four, they get the 42nd win, which assures them of playing Denver. And, and the Clippers would be in the fourth spot playing the Dallas Mavericks. That's, a, that's 100% and then the right. Lakers, the Lakers would play Golden State for the play-in game. And Golden State's just as happy to be in the play-in game. They're not scared of anybody. That's, that's 100% right. So when our buddy, uh, not just, uh, who was it on Friday that we had? We had Wes Reynolds and we had Josh, and they both took the Rockets. The Rockets were catching eight and a half. If you understood motivation Friday night and you extrapolated all of this, you understood the Clippers losing that game forced them into a position where they couldn't play the Lakers no matter what. Now that is the Da Vinci code. Right. How about this, though? Let's walk through this. Say the Lakers play Golden State in the play-in game, and the Lakers lose to Golden State. They're not out of it yet. Then they go up, and then they'll end up playing. They'll end up playing Utah in as the A seed because Golden State would have won the seven-eight game, which made them the seven seed. Hundred percent. So let's go to the top of the West: Utah and Phoenix. The Jazz right now have a one-game lead over the two-seed Suns who the Suns own the tiebreaker. The Jazz play Sacramento today. If the Jazz beat Sacramento today, they clinch the one seed. So, Michael, that means there's incentive for the Jazz today. Let's go ahead and do you have the number on the Jazz and the Kings today? There it is. The Jazz are laying 10.5 at Sacramento. They very much need that win is the best way to put yeah. it. Yeah, and yeah, you would think they would get that win, too. I mean, you would think, I mean, that's if you're going to play that. It's a high number, but you got to believe they're going to get that. Last game of the year for the Kings, school's out for summer. You know, they have no chance to get into the 10th seed with San Antonio, right? They're two games behind San Antonio with one game to play. There's no way they could do that. So, you know, this is one of those now. Could they want to mess around with the, the Jazz this season? You know, we'll see. Okay. I don't think so. I think that's probably going to be a blowout. So take a look at Phoenix today, Michael. We'll throw up the Phoenix game, and here's what it comes down to. You will know where Phoenix stands. Now, Phoenix has every reason to play today because they're, they're tipping off, what, seven hours earlier than the Jazz. This is a brilliant job by the NBA schedulers. So the Suns are laying eight and a half. The Spurs are wrapped up in the play-in. The Suns are laying eight and a half. Yeah. They have to go all out today by the chance that later tonight the Jazz could lose to Sacramento. So the Suns laying eight and a half, the incentive is there because they still have a hope to clinch the one seed. Does that make sense? And they... Yeah, and they just beat last night. They just beat the Spurs by 37 points. So there's no reason to believe that they shouldn't. That's and a, don't that's want a to shocking that smaller line, considering that the Spurs, they just beat the team by 37. Now the they played everybody think, in the game. The only thing I could think, Michael, is the Suns go into this thinking there's no way the Jazz lose to Sacramento, so why are we going to kill ourselves in this game? But you can't look at it like that, right? 
Yeah, I mean, because to me, if you're Utah, you want nothing to do with that seventh seed coming over called the Los Angeles Lakers. I mean, Nailed it's it. going to take a lot for them to get into the eighth seed. They could do that. I mean, Golden State could upset them. There's no doubt. But you would want to play that number one seed and have that as your motivation. So, wow. I think that's how you got to bet today. Don't bet by the teams. Bet by the motivation. 100%. Okay, hopefully that made sense. When we come back, William Hill's going to join us here on the Lombardi <laughs> He's going to make sense for us, too. He's hot. Yeah, he's been red hot. We'll find out. It's the Lombardi line. Playoff races are here. Get all the expert VEASAN hockey expert, Annie McNeil. Got the senior NBA analyst, Jonathan Von Tobel. Our experts and our entire team are grinding for you. And now it's time to cash in on the playoffs. Sign up today for your 10-day free trial at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Okay, as we welcome you back, we're going to welcome in Will Hill. I just want to mention one thing in the East. The Knicks today early tip against Boston. If the Knicks beat Boston, and they will, who are resting everybody because the Boston Celtics are locked in at seven. Later tonight, Atlanta's not going to have anything to play for, Michael, for the most part because, and as we say hi to Will, as you know, and you're going to take the Rockets tonight, Atlanta could really have very much not to play for because the Knicks would lock up four in home court, and Atlanta would then play the Knicks. Hi, Will. What's going on, guys? It's kind of a, a week 17 NFL, a week four preseason NFL feel where some of these games mean everything. Some of them mean nothing. Uh, a lot of weird lines, but it should be fun. I'm excited to, to see these games and really to see, you know, once the matchups are finalized later tonight, you log in, you see the, the spreads for the first round. Some of these series prices, nothing better than logging in and seeing, seeing these series prices and, and talking about them on the show. So it should be fun day. So you do like the Rockets right. today versus the Hawks? Yeah, I think you, you illustrated it perfectly. I mean, I think the Knicks are going to win. And this line, we see it moving down. I think it was at 14 late last night, went to 11, now nine and a half. I mean, it's basically just going to be an exhibition game if the Knicks win. So, I mean, maybe the Hawks backups, you know, play well and win. Maybe, I mean, who knows? Uh, but if yeah. you're getting 10 points in a coin flip, uh, I, I think the Rockets are, are, are the play here. But, but bet it soon because especially if the Knicks win, Knicks get a big lead. This line's going to keep going down, down. Yep. How, how about the Miami Heat-Pistons game? I mean, don't you think that line will flip eventually if the Knicks win? Because what do the Heat have to play for? Yeah, no doubt. I, I I also think you also get into the point where the Heat backups are the you know might be better than the Pistons. The Heat might not want to go into the playoffs off two really bad losses. That was a bad loss last night. They got killed, and you know, I thought it was interesting that Milwaukee they could have really picked their opponent, which I think teams should be able to do anyway. If we can get into that, if you want, but I I think Milwaukee if they lost last night to the Heat, they could have you know played the Knicks in the first round. They end up beating the Heat. That locks in the matchup where they're going to be in the three six. You know, assuming the Nets win, so. That's a tough first-round matchup. I'm surprised they went that route. And and just to clarify, yeah. the only way the Heat can move in any way upwards is if the Knicks lose to Boston early. So to clarify this, 
the Knicks need to lose to Boston for it to be advantageous for the Heat. That's not going to happen. So, <laughs> so the Heat aren't going to be playing for anything either. So I hope so we... many moving parts. So many, you know, who who is going to move up, down, who wants to move up, down, and and one thing affects another. It's just it's it's a lot to go on. It makes it fun though. I think this last week has been uh, it's been fun with all these seeding battles. You know, the, the regular season was really bad. I mean, a lot of rest, a lot of blowouts. I mean, if you follow this show and if you follow Point Spread Weekly, five and zero in the in the season win total. So it was a good it was good from a betting standpoint, and we gave out Philly twelve to one to win the East. But you know, just from a fan standpoint, it was really a rough season. But it's been fun the last week. Hundred percent. Well, the Thunder cover they're over. They're playing the Clippers today. They needed what three games did they cover? No, no, and the Clippers might want to lose tonight. I don't even know if they're, they're they'll be able to lose because the the Thunder might out lose them. I mean, it's just a joke. I really think <laughs> it I, is. I really think it the, is. The one I mean, seed should be able to pick. Well, their isn't twenty? Is it? Well, well, wasn't twenty-two the number it would push if they win today? Right. Yeah, there's a few that are on the edge. The Wizards, the Warriors. The Wizards close 33.5. The Warriors close 38.5. They both not only get the eighth seed with a win, but they both go over their season win total. And again, we always talk about it, getting the best of the number. Here's a perfect example where, you know, you, you could have gotten a better number maybe, and uh, it makes all the difference in the world. You like New Orleans tonight versus your Lakers. The Lakers really don't have an incentive to lose today. Uh, let's discuss that one. I'll give you a number. With the numbers are all over the map. There you see it. The Lakers are laying ten and a half in New Orleans. Yeah, but they're tied to Portland. They play at the same time as Portland. Portland's a huge favorite. So let's say Portland's up big at halftime, third quarter. The Lakers, second night of a back-to-back. They're going to have to play in a couple of days in the play, and they might just pull everybody second half. I wouldn't think LeBron's going to be playing a lot second half. So if the Blazers get a big lead, I, I think the Pelicans are a play here. They might just treat this like an exhibition game, too, if they see that their uh, their fate is sealed. And I think if you like the Lakers, maybe a first-half line, because maybe they come out motivated the first half. Uh, you know, they get a big lead and they take the foot off the gas in the second half. So, so live lines, you know, what means what you got to keep an eye on everything today. It's kind of, it's a, uh, it's a little bit exhausting, but you, it pays off if you know what's going on. Yeah. I think if you see the inactive list on Denver and you're the Lakers, you know that they're, they've mailed it in. Why would your inactive list have any difference? You know what I mean? That, that could change it too, right there. I think you might be right. You're getting 10 and a half right now with the Pelicans and the Lakers just might mail it in before the game even kicks off. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Yeah, I mean, it's a conundrum. It's no doubt. A, Denver wants no piece of the Lakers. I mean, it's, it's it, Den, Denver is highly incentivized to lose. They either get the Mavs or the Blazers instead of the Lakers. And I just think the one seed should be able to pick their opponent. I think it'd be dramatic. I think it would be fun. And if you're Utah, you're the one seed. It's supposed to be a reward to be the one seed. You shouldn't have to deal with a Lakers team that's had a bunch of injuries. So now you got to deal with them. It's if if you're Utah, you get the one seed. They should make a rule where you know what we can play the Blazers or we can play whoever. I think it's you know there would be some strategy involved. Uh, you know, you could televise the event. It, it would really be a lot of fun. I think we're headed in that direction, too, because, you know, it just makes no sense. These teams tanking their way, ducking opponents. It's just crazy. Okay, there's a ton of incentive between tonight in Golden State with Memphis in town because the Grizzlies play the Wizards, excuse me, the Warriors tonight, and the winner gets the eight seed, the loser gets the nine seed. You like the Grizzlies tonight. Yeah, this is actually one of the few games that's just straightforward. The winner goes to eight. The loser drops down and has to win two games to get in. We've seen this line tick down to four. It was five, five and a half. I think that was a little too high. I think that line move is correct. 
I just like the Grizzlies. You know, I think Curry's a little like Russell Wilson where people early in the year, you know, you don't want to bet against them. You, you want to bet on them. You, you see the name value. But the rest of that team is not very good. Memphis is feisty defensively. They really don't have a bad player in the rotation. I think this game will come down to the wire. I don't, you know, I don't really think the rest of that Warriors team is very good. So I look for a close game, and I'll take the points here with the Grizz. Yeah, the last time they played was back in March, and the Memphis and the Grizz beat them. They played at home. They beat them 111-103. So, you know, in the last 10 games, uh, Golden State's just 6-4 and four against Memphis. So with a lot to play for, you would think this would be a, a really a, a pick'em type game. That line might be too high. If the Hornets win today against the Wizards, they're 8. If the Hornets lose and Indiana lose, the Hornets are 9. You got the Hornets today. Yeah, the, the, the Wizards are a weird team. I think Beal is questionable. I don't think he's going to play. I think they're just listing him as questionable to kind of tinker with Charlotte's game plan and have them ready for everything, maybe throw them off a little bit. Um, you know, they've been a weird team. I mean, they've been up and down all year. They play a lot of close games, a lot of weird games. Very strange team. I think this game will come down to the wire. I don't think Beal will play. So I think this line is a tick too high. I will take the points here with the Hornets. They take the six and a half with the Hornets. Will, great job on the season. Thanks, Will. On the season. Congratulations. Oh, congratulations, man. Point spread weekly. And we got the Sixers. VEASAN.com slash subscribe. See you guys. Thanks. VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Sign up now for a free trial. When we come back, Josh Applebaum joins us here on the Lombardi Line. It's VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. for home runs, but betters do. BetMGM can turn $1 into 100 when somebody goes yard in a game. Sign up for today at BetMGM. Use the bonus code VEASAN100. Cardinals or Padres? Okay, Redbirds or Friars? You're going to get $100 if either team hits a home run. It's a new customer offer. It's paid for in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Got to be 21 years or older. Again, located in Colorado, Iowa, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia. If you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, and Virginia. 1-800-2707-117 for help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Call or text Redline 800-889-9789 in Tennessee. We welcome you back here on the Lombardi Line. Hope you're having a nice Sunday. He's Michael Lombardi. I'm Patrick Maher, live from the VEASAN studios here at the South Point. Josh Applebaum, Market Insights is the podcast, VEASAN.com slash podcast. The madness is uh, is all over today. We've got hockey playoffs. We've got the NBA mess. We've got baseball. What's going on, Josh? Yeah, so much going on today, guys. Patrick, Michael, great to be with you. And I think Will Hill made a great point. This feels like week 17 when you're talking the NBA. So um, I'm monitoring these lines. We'll have, definitely have some updates along the way, but I would just be very cautious about being on Twitter, looking at injury reports, knowing who's in and who's out. Perfect example was yesterday, you know, that that heat game we talked about. When we were doing the show, it looked like Miami had a move and maybe Milwaukee was going to rest players. And then, boom, Jimmy Butler's out. The thing goes the other way toward Milwaukee. So, um, you know, one trend that I would look out today, guys, if we can change gears to baseball here, 
here is Sunday unders in MLB. Because if you look at today, today's a weird day. You know, so far this season, we've seen unders on Sundays do very well. They're 46 and 33. They're 58.2%. Remember, you, you get a 58 on a math test, you probably fail and got to stay after school. You get a 58, you know, on your bets, you're doing very well because, you know, 52%. 52.38 or more, you're, you're turning a profit or breaking even. So here's the trend. Sunday unders, it's getaway day. Maybe you're kind of the series you're on, you're done with. You're looking forward to the next week. Maybe you don't care as much. Maybe you got to travel. There's all these different factors, day games for after night games. But unders have done very well. And you, you really compared to the other days of the week, it's really 50-50 proposition. Uh, unders are 49.8% the other six days, but 58% today. So keep an eye on some of these unders, and especially eight and a half or higher. The unders, 55%. Interleague unders are 58%. And inflated unders, when you see a line rise at least a half point, if you buy low, go the other way, those inflated unders are 61% this year. Okay, well, let's get started with some NBA, excuse me, some Major League Baseball plays. you got the Phillies and the Jays. We'll start there. That's a 107, your time, Eastern first pitch. What do you got? Yeah, guys, I was writing the newsletter for VEASAN last night, VEASAN.com slash newsletter. This is the first game that jumped out to me from an overnight move and continued movement today. So it seems like wise guys really, really like the Jays here today. Uh, these teams have split the first two games. Philly won the opener 5-1. Toronto bounced back against NOLA, plus 135 yesterday and won yesterday. But for the rubber game here, guys, big, big move toward Toronto. Toronto open around minus 145 at home. They've been bet up all the way to minus 185. So this is a huge steam move toward Toronto here. Uh, when you see steam 15 cents or more off a win, these teams are 53 and 38, 58%, 58% this year. Also interleague favorites with line move. Again, interleague play, it's different than other games. You got to play the style of the home ballpark. Interleague favorites with line moves are 26 and 18, 59%. And I think, Michael, what do you think of the pitching matchup? To me, this is a play on an advantage, Robbie Ray. He's got a 3.38 ERA. Chase Anderson's around a 5.23. And you have seen Toronto do very well at home and Philly struggle on the road. Yeah, I think Ray's had a great season this year, and I like Toronto in the under. Even though their bullpen was bad on Friday night, I still think that they can come back. I like the under 10 here. I think the Jays kind of win the game, and but keep it under the 10, 10 line. I think Ray's the better pitcher, and I, I would play the under here, Josh. Okay, how about the Nats at the Snakes? Washington at Arizona. Looks like this number's flipped, Josh. You got Fetty on the bump for the Nats and Weaver for Arizona. Uh, but it looks like the numbers flipped to Arizona. It has, Patrick. You're totally right. Movement here toward the Snakes. This series has been crazy. It's been blowouts both ways. You had Washington win 17-2 to in the opener. Snakes bounced back 11-4 and yesterday. So really, guys, to me, this is a, a kind of a very simple, sharp reverse line move toward the D-backs. You have public all over the Nats because, again, D-backs have a slightly better record. But Nats, they won the World Series a couple years ago. Still have kind of that public bias toward the Nats and against the D-backs. But I would be cautious with that because majority bets are on the Nats here, guys. But as you mentioned, Patrick, movement toward the Snakes. The Snakes have gone from, uh, at one point, they're around plus 105, now to minus 105. They're becoming a pick em type play after it opened. Nats are on a minus 115 favorite. So this would be that steam system, uh, 10 cents or more in a non-division game on a home team. That's 56 and 36 this year, 61%. Uh, you also have some trends here. Washington, not great on the road, 6 and 10. Arizona, 9 and 8 at home. Uh, Washington, not great as a dog. Uh, at this point, it's kind of a pick em type number. Uh, but Michael, what's your take on this one? I know you're a big fan of Luke Weaver. He's cashed a couple bets for you this year. 
You know, before the 17-run barrage on Friday night, the Nationals have been one of the lowest-scoring teams in the league. Even with their outburst, they're 27th in runs scored. So I think Weaver's been great at home. And, and you know, and, and I think that when you look at all this, I like the under it. Now it's going down to nine, but I like the under here in this one. Okay, let's go to Tampa Bay. The Mets are in town. Stroman on the bump for the Mets. Fleming, Tampa Bay. I've got a number right now. Mets, looks like actually Tampa Bay's getting bet a little bit here, Josh. Uh, Mets open 114. Right now, the Mets 107. Yeah, Patrick, great call by you. This is very similar. Basically, Tampa Bay and, uh, and Arizona, funny, the last two expansion teams in baseball, they're in the almost the exact same spot tonight. So uh, if you look at um, basically the Mets, they've lost the first two. Tampa's won the first two, three to two, 12 to five yesterday. That was a tight game yesterday. Rays really broke it open late with a bunch of runs late. But um, Stroman's on the hill. Stroman's had a good year. Uh, he's a name, name recognition pitcher. And the public says the Mets are a good team. There's no way they get swept here. However, public all over the Mets, yet you've seen the Mets really fall. They open around minus 115. It's down to minus 107, so it's basically kind of a favorite Mets play now to a pick'em type play. You have that interleague line move, which would match toward Tampa 59%. Um, and also, this is kind of a play lefty-righty. Mets have struggled against lefties this year. They're going up against a lefty in Fleming, 2-4. and four, And also Tampa Bay, 14-12 uh, and 12 against righties. So nothing crazy, but a little movement toward the Rays. Kind of that gambler's fallacy of Mets are good, they got to win today. But nope, Rays buying low at home, it looks like. That might be the wise guy play. And also, Michael, what's your take on the total here? It's kind of low. It's seven and a half, but uh, you're at the trop, indoors at the trop. Unders have done pretty well historically. Interleague unders are 59%. And then you have that Sunday under trend we talked about, 58%. Well, I think the under's really the play, and it keeps coming down because when you look at it, to Tampa's 4-1 and one with the three there at the stadium, and I think both offenses have struggled despite the Saturday outburst. So I'm, I'm all over the under here. You can't quit these Tiger games. The Cubs are at the Tigers. Hendricks on the bump for the Cubs. Uh, Matt Boyd, Tigers, the lefty. And, of course, the Cubs are favored here. you got a 138 favorite. $1.38 on the Cubs right now, Josh. Yeah, Patrick, I'll be honest, this, this series is driving me absolutely nuts. I had, you know, if I basically, I took the Tigers on day on the first opening series, uh, first game, they lose, take the Cubs yesterday. They have a lead. Kimbrell blows it late. They lose. So it's like really hard to, to cap this series here, guys. But I think what we're looking at to me is kind of a buy low spot on Hendricks. I know he's been really kind of bad this year, two and four, 6.23 ERA. This is a guy who's pretty good. If you look at his track record, maybe he's just kind of snake bit early. But he's going up against Matthew Boyd, a lefty who looks really good. He's a 1.94 ERA this year. But my question is, you know, if Hendricks has struggled and Boyd is really good, the Cubs, why did they open? They open as a minus 130 favorite, and they become more of a favorite. It's not huge, but this line is moving to the Cubs, even though uh, the Tigers are coming off a win. And if you look at the pitching matchup, you would think Tigers have the advantage here. So, again, that would be an interleague move. And then I think uh, the other thing with the Cubs, Michael, is this is one of those teams that does well against lefties. They're only 10 and 17 against righties this year, seven games under 500. But against lefties, the Cubs are eight and three. So, Michael, what do you think? This series has been really hard to cap. Where would you go uh, today? I like the over here. I think both bullpens have been horrible. I mean, Detroit's bullpen is 6.32 and dead last in the in Major League Baseball. So I think once you get past the starting pitchers, I think there's a small play to take the over here in this game. And finally, Josh, busy slate in baseball, of course, 15 games today. The late one, Sunday night baseball, St. Louis at San Diego. You got Kim on the bump for the Redbirds. The Friars are going to throw Weathers. 
Yeah, a couple lefties here. Good ERAs here, Patrick, for Sunday Night Baseball. But um, to me, this is a, a spot where I think you're taking some money on the Cardinals. You know, these are two of the top three best teams in the National League. They're both 23 and 17. But if you look at uh, kind of the perception of this game is Padres are going to sweep. They've, they've played well. They've won the first two, 5-4 to four and 13-3. to three. Uh, But And again, they're the public play again here, saying take them at home. But what we've seen is a dip here on the, on the Padres line. The Padres open around minus 135. They're all the way down to minus 117. So that's a pretty big drop here. Uh, and what does that tell you? It tells you some money's coming in on the Cardinals. This would match that dog with a line move, road dog situation. You also have St. Louis 5-2 and two against lefties this year. Um, and they're also uh, pretty good as a dog, 11 and, and 10, and pretty good away, 11 and 9. So if you're thinking maybe, uh, you know, maybe St. Louis kind of comes to life here and avoids a sweep. I think the money's in your direction. But, Michael, I'll ask you, that total's very low. It's 7 and one thing I found is that when the total is seven or lower this year, the over is 22 and 17, 56%. So what do you think? Is it low for a reason? Is this going to be a low scoring game or would you see any value on the over here? I, I, anytime I see that seven, I think it's got to go over. I just do. I, I think based yeah. on that, I, I just I pl- want to play that. It just doesn't seem like the way baseball is. It's going to stay under that number. So for me, I'm all over the over. All right, go the over. We're going to do some basketball coming up. The in just one a bit. over I loved. I think Please. the one over that I loved. If anybody care, I love the the Reds Rockies over today. I think that's another one to play. I mean, we're at we're Coors Field. The Reds, you know, the Reds lineup. The Rockies. I like that one there as well. I think what's it eleven and a half? I know it's high. I'd still go over there. <laughs> yeah, course field, 11 and a half. You know, you can look at the board. If, if you see one that high, you know it's course. But, Michael, I'm with you. Nice day in Colorado there. And uh, this is a team where the Reds are one of the best teams to overs this year, 24 and 11. Yeah, the offense has been ridiculous. Yeah. And at least these teams get the double digits in at least each each time. So when you combine these two offenses, they've been over 10. They've been over that number 10 times this season. So that's what I like as my play. Josh Applebaum, of course. Market Insights is the pod. You can find it at vcin.com slash podcast. When Michael and I return, Josh, we'll be with you in the next hour, of course, running the board. When we come back, Mike McCarthy is bullish on Dak being ready uh, to start the season and training camp. What about the Cowboys? We'll find out. Michael Lombardi here on the Lombardi Line. Presented by BetMGM, it's VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. <laughs> 